Howdy, folks. Welcome to a world of fantasy with seven magical lands of timeless fun. The Magic Kingdom, where happily ever afters happen every day. Wait a minute. I love that idea. How about some backstage passes? Karebuni. I am Warden Wilson Mutua, and I am happy to welcome you to Harambe Wildlife Reserve. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we'd love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort and we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Dewey, and this is episode number nine, titled We Reveal Our Own Lists of Our Least Favorite WDW Attractions. With me today are my podcast travel buddies, Ron and Tony. How's it going, Ron? Going well. Um, Looking forward to this podcast. This has actually been a lot of fun, and I hope um, you get to do this for a long time good times in store yes absolutely how about you tony how are you doing bud i am doing okay i'm glad to be here and looking forward to getting on with this show because today's show was a bit of a challenge i agree we're going to talk about that too all right fellas so let's get ready to reflect on this week's wdw reflections podcast so this week we're going to continue our discussion of last week's show We had so much fun going through TPM Vid's list of their 10 worst attractions in Walt Disney World, uh, as voted by their viewers, that we thought it'd be fun for us to compile a list of our own and then compare them to one another. So that's exactly what we've done. Each of us have made a list of what we consider to be the top five, our least favorite attractions in Walt Disney World. Neither of us have seen the list of the other hosts, So we're going to reveal them today to each other at the same time that we reveal them to you, the listener. Should be a great time, so let's get it started. So I'm going to put just a little disclaimer here for my my list, and I'm going to guess you guys probably have something similar, but this list took me uh, the better part of a week to put together because I had to start and restart it a couple of times. Uh, My first attempt kind of became a I hate new stuff grumpy old man list because I, I started listing attractions that I was mad at because they replaced some of my favorite attractions so stuff like the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh because it replaced Mr. Toad or Test Track because it replaced my all-time favorite world of motion and I was like come on wait Pooh and Test Track aren't bad attractions they're not they shouldn't be on the the worst attraction list I'm just mad at them because they took away things that I love. So I started again, 
And it, it, I think it was probably my third attempt that I finally got to what became this list. I finally had to set some rules for myself and you guys don't know these rules and you guys, your lists were probably not even going to follow the rules that I followed and that's okay. That's what'll make this fun. But so my, I tried to pick one from each park. I, after I thought about it a little bit more, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and spread out the, the, I, the not hate. the hate, but the, <laughs> the sp spread the wealth, I guess. So I tried to pick at least one from each park that made it a little bit easier, but even though there's, because there's, look, let's be honest, everything at Disney is pretty good. Even the, what I consider my least favorites, they're still pretty good rides. It's not, they're not bad. It's just something that I don't do every trip or something like that. That's kind of what I went for. So I went with what is my least favorite ride of each park. I had to have something, some sort of loose guidelines to follow. So, so I, I made those rules so I wouldn't fall back into my hating rides that replace my favorite rides list. So, uh, so I'll end that little disclaimer with refurbish, not replace. So what about you guys? Did you guys have any kind of, how did you come up with your list? Was there, did you create a set of rules for yourselves or like, what did you, how did you come up with your lists? Mine was very similar to your thinking because I didn't want to make it seem as if I was only choosing rides because they were kiddie rides or because I'm too old or too weak or too scared to go on them. So I, I tried to think about this in terms of something that represents rides that I probably would skip if I went to the park. You probably won't catch me on these rides. Yeah, I, I went about it a little bit differently. Um, I went about it that I chose rides that were, that are good rides, but have never either appealed to me or that we just don't have any connection with. So there's rides that could have made this list because we don't ride them anymore because we're young, but there's uh nostalgia um connection so that didn't make the list uh, what made my list was things that i just never connected with doesn't mean they're bad i just didn't connect with. yeah same with me uh i think tony uh the my the second time i started my list mine was something similar to what you were saying like you, if you feel like you're too old for it or too like your stomach doesn't handle it or whatever my second attempt at the list started being things like the teacups, uh, Mad Hatter's Tea Party at Magic Kingdom. Uh, that was on my list because I don't ride it because it gives me a migraine. And I was like, wait, wait, just because it gives me a migraine doesn't mean it's a, a bad ride. So I tore that paper out, crumbled it up, got rid of it and started again. So this one, the one I landed on, the one I settled on, I think it's... It, what like I said, what it's going to be, it's going to be my least favorite at each park. And I'm looking at my list right now, and it's been two or three days since I finished it. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh man, that's number five. I'm going to cause a, a riot. But it's um, it's my least favorite at the park, and I will defend it. So we'll get there in a second. So uh, I'm the host today, so I'm going to defer to my my buddies here alphabetically. So Ron, I'm gonna let you kick it off with your fifth, number five, 
least favorite attraction in Walt Disney World. And and so I guess I I have to have a disclaimer here as well. I didn't. I've got my list, but I'm still up in there. I'm really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> so so my list is i've got five things on my list but I'm it not might change sure. as we're like, as we're watching what what's in the air the order or if it even belongs on the list at all if it a little so my list is larger than five <laughs> come to a conclusion oh so ron's like i hate everything my <laughs> list is really long yes dude that's it <laughs> <laughs> but number five will be um i believe number five and this is going to cause some, maybe, maybe not. It's tough to be a bug. Um, this almost didn't make the list because it, it does carry some nostalgia with it because it was was a ride that, or the first 3D that we probably did with our, our girls. But it was the sitting at the, in the middle of that, or that attraction. Tree of Life. It's a lot for kids to take in. Not wrote it. I don't know that we've been on that in when the last time we. And it's not that again. This isn't. It's not bad. We just. Um, it's not something that we we connect with well, and so that's on my list is number five. Which it's it's. I mean, if you the quality of the the film, the the four D interaction where you get the smells and the it's it's well done we just don't ride it okay so number five on ron's list it's tough to be a bug from disney's animal kingdom all right tony are you ready to reveal your number five number five okay i'll i'll i actually similar to ron i just put a bunch of them down here so that i can randomly choose them because i don't know which order i'd really like this to be in but i would say uh for me because of age and because i'm also i look at it and as i've said before i'm not really that thrilled about rides that seem to be um redressed um carnival rides um, I actually am not a big fan of something like alien swirling saucers that to me just doesn't really do anything for me. I see it and I go, okay, well, that's nice. Maybe the kids will like that, but I'm not into that ride. So number five on your list is alien, alien swirling saucers over at Disney's Hollywood studios. This is correct. All right. They don't even really do anything. They just kind of sit there. Apparently they swirl. Mm. I don't know what that means. I've, I've, <laughs> I guess swirling is like twirling. I don't know. All right. So this is going to be interesting. I can't wait to see if, if we have some of the same things on our list. So this ought to be fun. Yeah, All right. So uh, I'm, look, I'm coming out swinging on mine for number five. Okay. Remember, I said that I was going to do one from each park. So, and then obviously there's a, one of them is going to have two, one of the parks is going to have two, but I had to pick something from each park. That was the rules I placed upon myself. So for me, and you guys know what my favorite park is. So it was hard for me to come up with something from Epcot Center, but I had oh, to you. do it. <laughs> 
Ron, relax, Ron. It's not Mission Space. It's not Mission Space. Relax. <laughs> Ron was about to sign off. He's like, I'm out. Deuces. He's signing out. <laughs> it's not Mission Space, Ron. Number five for me, coming from Disney's Epcot Center, Frozen Ever After. And I know that this is one of the most popular attractions in the park. I know there's always a line. Look, it's actually pretty well done. Uh, the, the special effects or the everything is good. The, the way Olaf skates on the frozen pond, that's super cool. It's not a bad attraction. Remember that I'm not saying these are bad attractions. I'm saying that this is my least favorite attraction in Epcot Center. That's it. That's it. It's still a great attraction. Am I a little disgruntled that they took away the wonderful, beautiful, absolutely amazing, classic Maelstrom from the Norway Pavilion? Maybe, but that's not why this is on this list. Uh, I would say it's on this list primarily because it doesn't belong there. It doesn't make sense for it to be in Epcot Center. Arendelle is actually not a place in Norway. Arendelle doesn't exist. Norway should, the Norway Pavilion should be, um, should be demonstrating things that are in Norway. Is Frozen Ever Wait, After? Can I interrupt you for just a second? Sure. Because last week you argued for Dino Land. I don't know what Dino Land is. <laughs> I know what Dino Land is. Dino Land. I'm the, I was being, I'm I know, I know. Fine. Mother. So what do you mean? What do you mean last week I argued for it? Am, am I, am I contradicting that, myself? That it, I'm sorry? Am I contradicting myself? Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of fiction here that okay. you will accept out-of-pocket theming in some instances, but then in other instances you have big, big problems with it. Well, I don't, how, how, explain to me how you think Dino Land is out-of-pocket theming. Well, it, I don't know that we were talking about Dino Land specifically, but we were talking about some of the rides that are in Dino Land, and you you made the argument that well, it's just pockets of theming with Animal Kingdom, and Tony was like, well, it's really not animals though. It's 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 not animal. It's not animal theme, and so this is similar in that you. You have a, a showcase that is around um, the countries. It's still Norway. They just added Frozen to it. First of all, it's not Norway because Arendelle's not a place. Look, if Arendelle was a state or a province or a, a town or something in Norway, I'd be all over it. I'd, I'd be all yeah. in. But it's not. It's made up. So it doesn't belong there. But listen, I consider the areas the lands whatever in animal kingdom to be just like the lands in magic kingdom so tomorrowland and adventureland have nothing to do with each other Fantasyland right. and you know adventureland have nothing to do with each other but they are the magical lands that make up magic kingdom and i'm okay with that that was walt's vision i'm good with that love it walt was the man i think animal kingdom is the same thing does does Pandora have anything to do with Asia or Africa? No. But the original vision of Animal Kingdom was to bring together 
everything about the uh, animal kingdom, whether it was uh, extinct or fantasy or real. So the originally animal kingdom was supposed to be obviously animals, the things that we find today and how to, how to keep them alive. What is that word I'm looking for? Conserve, conservation. And then it was supposed to be about the extinct, about dinosaurs and, you know, digging up their bones and stuff like that and studying them. And then it was supposed to be fantasy. And that's why when you're coming into the park to the far left in the, the, I guess the ticket booths or whatever, where the right. windows are, the, the figure piece, the figurehead on that, that um, marquee is a dragon because it was the fantastical. So that's, uh, that's what Animal Kingdom was. It was supposed to be kind of bringing in real animals, extinct animals and, you know, minotaurs and dragons and, you know, what was supposed to be the beastly kingdom. So I don't have a problem with Dinoland being there. Dinoland, they, they tried, they, like, how do you make dinosaur bones interesting? They had to come up with something. So they're like, hey, I know, let's do a roadside. And look, places like this actually exist. You know, you can- No, they do. You can go down, it doesn't have to be Route 66, but there's places where you can, yeah, you know, go couple. and see uh, uh, an archeological dig where they're digging up dinosaur bones and they have a- In Colorado. A, yeah, absolutely. And they have a cheesy gift shop there and you yeah. can buy, you know. So that's what Hester and Jester's little shop there is. It's a cheesy roadside stand and they also have those stupid games where you can win stuffed animals and stuff so uh, um so i i think it's completely different than taking a real world country from world showcase to taking the pavilion that is representing a real country where we're supposed to be learning about their their culture and their people and shoving a uh a, a disney ip into it just because they happen to uh model their clothing after the norwegian people it's different uh that's that's my story and i'm sticking to it so ron this is the way this is the way all right is that am i did i did i defend my my position well enough you you defended it well. I'll put. I will. I'll give you that. Um, I'm not sure you're not still contradicting yourself. <laughs> He's like you defended it well. Basically, you could you lie through your teeth. I'm not buying <laughs> it, but you did a good job. So maybe I should have been a lawyer. I don't know. But that's my number five. So let's see. So number five, Ron, tough to be a bug from Disney's Animal Kingdom. Tony, alien swirling saucers from Disney's Hollywood Studios, and me. Frozen Ever After from Epcot Center. So that brings us back to you, Ron. Number four. What is your number four least favorite attraction in Walt Disney World? This is this one was hard for me um, because there is some nostalgia to it. But I just think that Tom Sawyer's Island is just, I, I don't want to see it disappear. I would love to see them that that area to make it desirable instead of just uh you know like that you mentioned they did with the paintbrush um previously where that you would find the paintbrush and get some um um prize 
uh, it would be cool if they came up with a, an attraction to put on that island though just make it a little more than just an island with a cave and 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 again i i don't want to see it go away but i it's favorite list because we just never go over there and it's some prime real estate really that they could do something really cool with so you're saying the entire island tom sawyer's island is on your list of least favorite attractions. Yeah. Uh, can I blow your minds for a second? Sure. So I've been going to Disney World since 1985. I'm not even gonna attempt the math. That's a long time. Uh, you guys know 48 trips. I've never been on Tom Sawyer's Island. That's I, I, I don't know why. I, I love the Tom Sawyer books. Mark Twain is one of my favorite authors. Uh, I There's love- I can tell you why. There's nothing drawing you. <laughs> There's nothing over there. Okay. Look, I, and, and every time we go, I'm like, I'm going to get there this time. And I just never got there. So well, well, the thing is, I mean, I'm not too sure about where you grew up, but I would say, you know, it's kind of probably based on that part of the, of the country. So it's not a big deal for you to, to want to go there. Similarly, like when, when, when MGM studios first opened and they had the New York city streets, I would walk there and go, okay, well, I see this at home. Why do I, what am I here for? <laughs> You're like, Oh, this is great. I just <laughs> went home. Super. I was on vacation. Look, I'm now gonna... I'm here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me take a picture in front of the empire state building. <laughs> you know what? You, you That's, that's pretty that's a really you might good be onto something there, Tony, because growing up in Arkansas, like, you know, uh, we're right near the Mississippi Delta region and everything. Uh, wow. That's man. That's Tony. Are you sure you're not like some kind of psychologist, psychiatrist, <laughs> psychoanalyst? Like you're, del you're delving deep into my psyche. That was impressive. <laughs> you might be onto something there. I don't know what we're keeping score of why, why we're getting points, but Tony, one point for you. Ding, you get a point. <laughs> nice work. So number four on Braun's list of least favorite WDW attractions is Tom Sawyer's Island over at the Magic Kingdom. All right, Tony, how about you, sir? What's your number four on your list? Number four for me is kind of a surprise because it's actually an attraction that I used to visit often and I liked a lot. But I think um, even thinking now, I don't necessarily think I'd visit it because I'm sure it's probably gone a little bit stale and they probably need something more exciting in that area. But I would say Monsters, Inc., the, uh, the, the Laugh Factory. Oh, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think when it first wow. appeared, it was probably something that was a lot of fun and you get to escape from the cold, from the heat for a bit and get some air conditioning and get a few laughs. But I, I don't, I can't see how you know, 10 years on, 15 years on, how that would even be something that's entertaining anymore. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel. I, I know we still enjoy it. Uh, it's, and often it's the same jokes, you mm -hmm. know, that's what really I mean. when you go in there, it's kind of like 70% the same jokes. And then there's one or two new ones or whatever. So I, I, we go, we, we still do it a lot and I still enjoy it, but I, I can't say that I disagree with you. It, it could use a, a shot in the arm. They could refresh, could, could refresh it or something. Especially now. I think they have a new Monsters Inc. series on, um, on yes. Disney plus so that uh -huh. they can start incorporating more of that stuff into it. Maybe some of the new characters or something. Yeah. Have you guys watched that? It's actually Not pretty yet. good. It's actually pretty. Yeah. We've, I, 
they had it on when I came home and I was like, I don't remember. And they, it, it, they did, they've done a really good job of, of continuing the character development. I think I've only seen, I think I've watched three or four of them, but I, you know, literally, you know, I was laughing out loud. I mean, it was, you know, it had me chuckling. It was, there's yeah. some pretty good moments in it. So, and, and again, I mean, the, the, the attraction itself has a lot of good moments. I have, I have memories of laughing in there and enjoying the jokes, but I'm just thinking that was 10 years ago. I don't even know if that would be funny now. And listen, and you know what? You're right. Because look, they still, when you walk in, they still put some, some grumpy old guy's picture on the screen. It's mm -hmm. like buying everybody churros, you know? I mean, it's like the same joke. It feels kind of lazy at this point. Yes. Yes, uh, I, I can't say I disagree with you. I, I, it's not on my list, but that doesn't mean that you're wrong. I, 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 think, I think what's important with what I've begun to think about with regard to this, this list is these are attractions that I think that Disney should just think about a way of making it much more interesting without necessarily replacing it with, uh, as we like to say, but more something that, that feels fresher refurbish not replace there they you can go. certainly spit shine use the same bit, characters right? but do something new i'm with you i like that that's actually pretty makes sense i can't give an opinion on yours right because i never went there <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it but uh i can i can see that one tony all right here's my number four and this one is something we still do a lot but similar to what Tony's saying, I think it could use some love. So number four on my list, coming to you from Disney's Magic Kingdom, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Wow. We, look, I get 900, nine, I get 999999, whatever the score is, what is it? I think it's 999,999 or whatever. If I could get that score every time, it's time for you to challenge me again. It's time for you to do something different. The, uh, the, the ride has not received any love in a very long time. Every time I go on it, there's two or three of the cars that have the big tarp over it or that something's broken on it or whatever. It looks, it looks kind of beat up. The walls. Does it, does it still have a long, long line to get in? Sometimes. Sometimes it does, yes. Uh, before they killed Fast Pass, I we would get a Fast Pass for it sometimes because the lines were often too long. And I I won't look. I go enough that I don't wait in lines. If it's more than twenty or mm -hmm. minutes or so, I'm like I'll get it next time. Yeah, and I just skip it. Uh, so Buzz needs some love. Buzz needs some love. It needs a fresh coat of paint. It could use some new targets. It could use some new something. It needs some love. Well, there's a new Buzz Lightyear movie coming out soon, so maybe they'll address wow, it. Wow! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, it's a supposed Buzz to be Lightyear? a life at live action. It's the story of the real Buzz Lightyear. Huh. Whoa! How did I miss that? I have not heard that. That was one of the deep D Disney Plus uh, announcements that they made last year. Oh, you're a D23 guy, so you had access to that. I missed it somehow. That's awesome. I hadn't heard that. Is Tim Allen involved or is it? I don't not think Tim so. Allen? No, okay. no. I think they're trying to make this be the character that the toy is based on. So probably like an astronaut or something. Right. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. That's cool. So look, I we ride it all the time. It's, you know, my kids love it. You know, one thing that they could do to make it better is 
and I haven't been to Disneyland. How's it his favorite then? Hmm? How's it? How's it at least favorite if you ride it all the time? Because it disappoints me. It's not. A, it's not a challenge anymore. Look, you'll notice, and no, no spoilers here, but Toy Story Mania is not on my list. You want to know why? Because I can't beat it. Right. I don't reach the high score every time. It's still a challenge. This ride is so not a challenge. And not to be, not to, I don't want to challenge you every on every one of your things. I'm yes, not, but, but I'm gonna. <laughs> but I'm going to. But <laughs> what would you be devastated to see them pull that because they have the other one at? Um, where's the other one at? Uh, studios. Hollywood Studios. Yes. Yeah. So would you be devastated to see them pull the one at Magic Kingdom? I'm going to leave you. I'm going to answer that question with. My favorite hashtag, refurbish, not replace. No, I get that, but, yeah. but it's kind of already refurbished over in the studio and it's a newer ride. So it's not like it's one of your classics that would be replaced. It's been there 20 years now. I mean, uh, Buzz Lightyear has been there since 98, 99 or something. I'd have to look it up, but it's been there a really long time. Uh, one thing they could do to make it better is model it after the disneyland version disneyland you the the guns aren't stuck to the the ride vehicle you can so like really the in the current one at magic kingdom whoever's driving is going to get a better score because the driver i mean when i ride it with one of my kids like i'll put it where i could shoot and they're like come on dad and they they move it so that they can aim you know, they could make it better just by allowing the riders to pull it up off of the ride vehicle. Something like that would make it a brand new experience. I'm not saying gut it and make it something different. No, I would know. Well, I was asking because they've got the one at studios, though, would you be devastated if they did pull it and put something totally different in there? I don't want them to re replace it. I just want them to, to refresh it. I want yeah, them to, to make it better. It's it's 20 plus years. Let's, you know, maybe that that laser technology isn't the best technology to do it now. Maybe use something new, make it do something interesting. Leave Buzz. I love the Buzz and the, the Viewmaster. I, I, I love it. And Buzz is a great character. Just improve the ride. That's it. Show it some love. Because yeah, honestly, it's this one is the, the difference for me is that you've got a very similar ride now over at studios. I wouldn't be devastated if they pulled Buzz and put something totally new in there. Well, that's kind of like saying, let's get rid of Space Mountain because they have Big Thunder Mountain. You know, I, I wouldn't want that. It's it's just a roller coaster, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't want them to replace either one of those either. Uh, I, I would, yeah. you know what I mean? I would just I assume. And I'm not saying that I de definitely want them to replace it. I'm just saying... I wouldn't be totally devastated that if that went away. I would like to go in there and be challenged to be what is it, a galactic commander? I don't remember what it is, what the the what the category is when you when you get nine 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 nine. But I want to be challenged. I want them to make it interesting for me again because I beat it every time, and I'm like, looky there, I won again. You know, I want them to be challenging me. So, so that's my number four: Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin at Magic Kingdom. So that brings us back to Ron. What is your number three 
attraction on your least favorite Walt Disney World attractions list? This one's gonna get some get me in trouble, but my number three least favorite attraction is Test Track. Test Track. Okay, we got to defend that one. Let's hear it. For me, um, even the first time I wrote it, I was just so excited and I left under impressed. I, I just didn't. Um, it, it felt like a very expensive ride that didn't deliver what I was anticipating. I, I thought we did we'd see a little more behind the scenes and, and it felt more like, if, if you know Hershey Park, it, it felt more like where you go in expecting some of these big, neat behind the scenes secrets to be revealed and you get plastic candy on a fake conveyor, conveyor belt and, and and that's how test track felt to me is that I'm going in thinking they're going to really show us what they're going to do and how they build this car. Not, not so much. Wow. That one really surprises me. So do you, how about the versions of test track? Do you like the original proving ground version or do you like the new, looks just like Tron version. Do you have a preference on either one of those? Does one of those work better for you? The original definitely was better for me. I agree. Uh, I, I prefer the original one better as well. Although, like, if they wanted to make the ride perfect, they would have left the original theme and story and everything, but added in the ability to create your own car. I think that's yeah. super cool. That makes it a lot of fun. So I, if they had added build your own car to the original theme and everything, I think Test Track would have been perfect. I'm not a real big fan of, I know they're trying to make it look like we're in the virtual world. It's 2021 or whatever. I, I know what they're trying to do. But to me, it was just kind of like, hey, if we slap some glow in a dark neon on this thing, they'll think we're in the future. And that, to me, that's kind of what it is. And, and I liked the other, I liked it better the other way. But I liked it better when it was World of Motion first. <laughs> but, you know, so, uh, but wow, Test Track, that's crazy. Look, remember, I told you, I took Test Track off of my list because yeah. I, was, I was mad at it that it replaced World of Motion. So I removed it. But I can't believe it actually made your list. That's, that's it, it did make my list. And it, I, I knew it was going to be controversial because it's, it would likely be considered if you were still in the ticket days and the attraction. Absolutely. And uh, well, we're going to talk about that a little bit in the uh, no spoilers, but in the what's happening now in Walt Disney World here in a few minutes, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But so now did you kind of without knowing the rules that I applied to myself, did you because I'm looking at your list, you've got Animal Kingdom number five. Magic Kingdom number four, Test Track number three, which is at Epcot Center. Right. So did you try to pick one from each park as well, or did it just work out that way? It, it really just worked out that way. I mean, I was conscious uh, where that I wasn't picking. I didn't want to pick on one park, per se, but I didn't have the rule that I had to have one from every park either. 
because and it, you could pick on especially magic kingdom because magic kingdom has the most attractions you know i mean there's right. like 30 or something over there so you could you know pick several for magic kingdom so right. I, I was well, i did i did because like i said i have a list and i have several that could have still made that list that again none of these rides though i will i i mean i'm still saying i think i have to still say that none of the rides that i have on my list am i saying are terrible or should be mm -hmm. torn down i'm just saying for me i don't connect with it and, and that's exactly why we kind of changed the name of of this episode because when we reviewed or reacted to tpm vids uh video last week theirs was literally called worst attractions in walt disney yeah. world and so we changed ours a little bit because i don't think any of them are worst because to me worst implies that they're bad or something not worth it at all and plus right. uh there with disney world's attractions are it's hard to really say that there are that many that are that bad exactly so that's that's why we changed it to least favorite because and that just makes it you know personal to me this is my list and same for you guys it's your list of your least favorites doesn't mean any well, of i even bad. changed it in my head to the least of the best yes absolutely they're still great rides most of them yeah. most of them are great attractions all right tony so that brings us to you sir what is your number three least favorite attraction in walt disney world all right, this one, I was toying between two different ones. And I think I'm going to go a little bit more controversial this time. This one used to be one of my favorite attractions when I used to go to the parks back in the day. Uh, but I think it definitely needs some love. And it actually, this is a case where I think it could be replaced, but still staying in, in, in theme. And, and I'll explain why. And that is for me, something I've not ridden and gone to in a very long time is the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. And that's a surprise for me because I'm a huge uh, Lucasfilm fan and a big Indiana Jones fan as well. But I think that now that Disney Studios has changed into being more about the movies themselves and experiencing the movies, not so much how they're being made, I think watching an attraction about how they kind of fakely uh, reproduce how uh, Indiana Jones was made is not as exciting anymore. I mean, I think the, these theme parks like to have these big things. I think there was one about Waterworld at Universal and one about, um, you know, at, at different theme parks, they always have these huge attractions that show behind the scenes and they were able to have all these stunts. But I just think it, 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 in this day and age, since we're changing that park a little bit, and it's not, and it's changing from what it used to be a studio. I think that ride should actually be replaced with the Indiana Jones ride that's in Disneyland. Actually, I think we're lacking that kind of a presence there. And I think an attraction like that would make it an even more exciting place to go because you'd be actually riding the movies. So I'll tell you that again, and I hadn't said this yet, but another one of the rules that I put on myself was that I was not going to put shows on my list. And I don't know why. That's just one of the things I, uh, my, my list was only rides. Listen, and, and probably because shows 
for me are I like the shows less than I do a ride. Mm-hmm. So if I had had, uh, if I had to put shows on my list, this one 100% would have been on my list. And I think I would probably would have had several shows on my list if I'd allowed them on there. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%, Tony. It's, it's since Disney completely took a took a turn away from the behind the movies kind of thing and we're showing how movies are made that's clearly what they're doing with indiana jones look i i went on this we do it maybe once every three or four years just just to do something different and i still shake my head when you know there's the director and he's like cut cut is everybody okay and i'm like come on (laughs) we know it's fake we know you're just showing us a show and i'm okay with that but get rid of the goofy cheesy I'm the director and we're making a movie. You know, it, it is, it's goofy. Didn't any and of you ever get chosen to go up? To go up that, to no, not for that. I've I been think... in a bunch of things over the years, but I never got chosen for that one. I, I'm with you hundred percent. It's I, the reason it's still there is because it takes, it's a people leader. Like yeah. they can put like 4,000 people in it at a time or whatever. So it, you know, it gets 4,000 people out of the other lines or whatever. I get it. But they could put something. I mean, it's a big spot, and and I've never they been. They should to put Disneyland. the ride there. They've got to put the yes. Ride there. I've never been to Disneyland, and I but I've heard a million times how fantastic yeah that that attraction is. Mm-hmm. I would. This might be one of the times where I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't scream refurbish not replace Adam. They could if they brought that that we're still keeping Indiana Jones. You're still kind of refurbishing by bringing the ride. Exactly. It's still Indiana Jones. So uh, I'm not, I wouldn't be mad at them for that. Well, what's interesting now that I, mean, I think live attractions are beginning to come back to the parks now. And uh, a, after this long break during the pandemic. And I, I wonder if they will address the fact that movies aren't made the way that they were during the time of when they made Indiana Jones. They're they're all done digitally now. So it'd be kind of interesting if they if they do keep the ride, do will they then show you, well, this is how we do it now? It would be far fewer practical effects and more right. green screen and more all green that screen. stuff. But and I think people might find that interesting to see how how that's especially if you've seen behind the scenes of how they do things like Mandalorian now with those gigantic screens that go around the entire cast it would be kind of interesting to see if they if they do that well the mandalorian that it's funny you say that that is i've i've loved that behind the scenes series that is amazing what do they call that they call it the void or something i've forgotten john favreau like his team they they call it something it's called I i think they call it the void but it's that big that just that big black room with those hd screens all around them so that is pretty intriguing. Now, I'll tell you, if you've ever watched the making of the prequel trilogy, the Star Wars prequels, that is not interesting. It's literally just, you know, everything is green except for the people. It's like, hey, and it's green everywhere. It's not interesting to, you know, maybe when they start throwing in the the, the effects and stuff. But the I was intrigued when I watched that Mandalorian, the making of the Mandalorian. That stuff was pretty cool. So I'm with you, Tony. I I agree. Indiana Jones could. I know it's not really a ride, but we thought of it as such because it's an attraction that you go to while you're while you're there. And listen, the the name of the episode was attraction. It was we didn't say ride. Hmm. That was a that was a limitation that I put on myself 
not uh, you guys were not privy to that uh, or not. And, and again, under that. I used to love it. I used to make sure I never missed it. But there came a time where I'd seen this show already so many times that there was no point to going back. I agree. And, you know, they already replaced they had they did have that what lights, motors, action, mm -hmm. the, the car stunt show. Right. It's uh, and that one was there far, far less time than Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, that was an opening day attraction, I believe. Mm -hmm. So it's been there a really long time. I, I can certainly see something new going there. All right. So for me, my number three on my list of Walt Disney World, my least favorite attractions is uh, Tony. It looks like we've got our first, uh, first double, first thing coming to the list twice. Your number five is my number three, Alien Swirling Saucers. Uh, it, it goes back to the way we describe it as being just a redress carnival ride. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, and it's really not even that well done. You know, when you compare just in toy story land, you've got toy story mania, amazing ride, fun. Every time slinky dog dash fun. Every time that is an outstanding, it's a small enough coaster that little kids can go on it, but has enough fun and thrill that it's fun for for you know kids of all ages and then you try to compare the third attraction there in toy story land being alien swirling saucers and it just doesn't match it doesn't meet that level of of fun it really doesn't it's it, it's again it's a redress carnival ride not a not nothing compelling about it it's not fun to watch like I can watch people ride Slinky Dog Dash and I'm entertained. It's fun to watch, right, you know? Right. You got the sound effects and you hear Jesse hollering and stuff. I've watched video of it over and over. Yeah, it's fun. There's, to me, there's nothing compelling about Aliens Rolling Saucers. It was, it's, it's boring. It's, and I talked to my daughter who loves like teacups and stuff and she does not enjoy swirling saucers. It's just like, oh boy, it's another, you know, no big deal. So that's number three on my list. Not impressed with alien swirling saucers. All right. So we're getting close to the end, fellas. Ron, I believe we're back to you, sir. What is your number two least favorite attraction yeah. at Walt Disney World? This one's not going to be a surprise to anybody, I don't think. Um, it, we're back in the Magic Kingdom and we've now mentioned the redressing carnival rides a couple of times and at um Walt Disney you already have Dumbo and so the uh, magic carpet ride is my number two um it's not a bad ride it, it actually um and maybe there I don't know with two Dumbos at this point I just don't see the need for that ride I agree with what we discussed last week. That area is very congested. Um, so I, it's just something that we we don't necessarily have any. Um, well, I guess that's really not true. We have a little bit of connection with it, but I mean, it's, it's just from a redressed carnival and the the opportunity to ride that or Dumbo, I'm always going to go with Dumbo. So that's that's how that lands. I think we we discussed it pretty thoroughly last week, and yeah. when we talked about 
TPM bids list, why we agreed that it that it was probably on the list because it's for all those reasons that that it doesn't really belong in Adventureland, that it takes up too much room in that spot and it's really congested, and it's just another redress carnival ride. It's just a spinner, so no surprise that it makes your list. No surprise at all. All right, Tony, how about you, sir? What is number two on your least favorite Walt Disney World attractions list? Number two, we have another uh, two-timer here. And I didn't mention anything during Ron's talking about it, but Tom Sawyer Island is on my list as well. Wow. And that would go actually for both Disney World and Disneyland. Um, I've been to both of those. And I love um, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, the book. And I was expecting to see much more of that there. And it was just really just a cave. You just explore the cave. It's hot there on certain hot days. You take the, the boat. It takes a lot of time to sort of get there. And once you get there, there's not much to do other than explore the cave and walk around. So I, I totally feel that that one is not something that I'd be running to go and do. And in, in a related story, back in, in Disneyland, I went to Disneyland to celebrate my uh, milestone birthday a long time ago. And I know my wife always kids me about this because I, I've never given up feeling my feelings about it. But uh, at Tom Sawyer Island, you have the canoes that you get to, or at least you did back then, canoes that you get to ride around the, the river. And I'm a city boy. I don't know anything about this. So I said, I, I go into the canoe and, and I'm trying to to uh, learn what to do. And, and the guy who's in charge of the canoe is like screaming at me saying, uh, you, you've got to row like this. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. I'm sitting in the back row. It was my birthday on top of that. And I'm being insulted by this guy. So I had a, it, left a, it left a bad taste in my mouth because I just didn't really like that experience. I was scared that I was going to go into a riverboat or something that was heading our way and, because I was, I was trying to row as, as hard as I could. So that, it wasn't really my favorite. I mean, I love the books. I love things about um, that place. I can't wait to someday perhaps visit, but I don't particularly think that those attractions are dating well there. I mean, maybe little kids love it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm laughing my tail off over here. I can see Tony's like trying to row this thing. He's like, stop yelling at me. You're ruining my birthday. <laughs> that was in my head. Exactly. Like, it's my birthday, sir. <laughs> Oh, he, Tony like throws the oars down. He points his, the button on the shirt. He's like, it's my birthday. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing. And I thought this was fake anyway. What are we doing? Oh my Why gosh, that is hilarious. Oh, and poor Tony. He just wanted to go enjoy Disneyland yeah. for his milestone I thought birthday. It was, aren't those things fake? I, th I thought it was fake. You, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Holy smokes, that's funny. That is good stuff. Tony, I'm sorry your milestone birthday was ruined by the mean <laughs> canoe cast member. Oh, that may man. be another topic. Yeah. I can tell you about a mean cast member one time with, with Brooke. It was, it was a very interesting situation. <clears throat> That's good stuff, Tony. That's good stuff. All right. So I'm going to take my number two. And listen, um, I another I've I put a lot of rules on myself when I made this list. Another rule I tried to follow was that I didn't want to copy anything from the TPM vids video. So I was trying to be different than their list. But one of them I had to duplicate just because 
one of the other rules I had for myself was I needed one from each park. So for me, for Animal Kingdom, I had to duplicate duplicate one from their list just to pick my least favorite from the so park. You had to make your rule and then break your rule so you could <laughs> your list. Right. It was it was hard to like follow all these rules that I had put into my head for no reason whatsoever. But so I duplicated one item on their list, and that was at Disney's Animal Kingdom, Triceratops Spin. And for all the reasons we discussed last week, it's just another spinner ride. There's really not much to look at when you're up high. And, you know, it's, it's just another one of those redress carnival rides. So, and it's not even as fun as like, at least on Aladdin, the magic carpets of Aladdin, you can make the carpet like tilt and like kind of j- jiggle or whatever. The, the Triceratops is literally just up and down and, and you know, it's, nothing really compelling about it so really quick question does dumbo do anything does he move at all anymore? i think dumbo is no it doesn't dumbo just goes up and down but dumbo is a dumbo yeah dumbo of course is i know iconic. you 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 do definitely feel the iconic you know so nature of it it I, it's just now that my kids are not five years old we you know we don't ride it anymore so it's uh that's number two on my list we don't really need to talk about that at, at length because i think we we did discuss it at length last week so that's number two triceratops spin for my list so this is it this is the big one this round will be all of our number one least favorite attractions at walt disney world so we'll go back to ron ron what is your number one on your list i don't know if this is going to be controversial or not my number one is Back at the Magic Kingdom, um, it's the Tiki Room. Oh. That is controversial. Yeah. All right, you better defend this. I've never been to it. It's what? never been a draw to me enough to get there. The area is congested. I've heard nothing but bad about it, so I don't have a desire to go. And... and um, I think that, so in all honesty, it, I would redo that whole area where the carpet ride is, where Tiki is. It's just not appealing. I have no connection with it. It's number one. So wait, you've never even done it? No. Oh, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to right qualify that answer <laughs> i'm going to write a letter to the international board of list making for videos on youtube <laughs> council whatever that thing is and right. i will protest your number one you gotta go i oh, you're making me angry over here i do i i never i didn't put tom sawyer's island on my list because i never did and here you are like I'm going to <laughs> take something that Walt Disney himself, the man that created it all, the 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 figure of this worldwide conglomerate, he, he and, created and I, the Tiki I, Birds. I, I say keep uh, the, the carousel progress. Absolutely, don't get away. Don't do away with that. Don't get small world. I'm just saying Tiki. Ron... Next time you go, you take your grumpy old backside 
into the Enchanted Tiki Room. I keep telling myself every time I'm going to do Tiki so I can have, but then it doesn't happen. And so I'm like, this needs to go so I can have something that I want to do. Ron, have you heard? Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, have you heard the soundtrack? You know it by now right have you heard it on soundtracks have you seen i've clips heard of the it? soundtrack yeah, yeah yeah oh my gosh those of you that are listening and not watching the video i'm shaking my head <laughs> in disgust at ron right now uh do we have they replaced the, uh, did they refurbish that back to the way it was originally i have i don't think i've been there since uh yes the, the, you'll the, remember the that it was created by Walt Disney and all of his, you know, his Imagineers and stuff way back when this was the first, their first foray, if you will, into audio animatronics. And back in the nineties, when Aladdin and Lion King were huge, they redid the Enchanted Tiki Room to be called the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. And they brought Zazu from the Lion King and Iago from Aladdin because their birds and uh it was a whole thing about they were super rich because they're movie stars and they wanted to invest in something so they bought the enchanted tiki room and basically it was gilbert godfrey uh as iago butchering classic disney tunes and uh, I, I always found it humorous i didn't you know i, I liked it i but I was happy when they went back to the original. So now it's back to, and I think that's actually called Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room now. But holy smokes, Ron, I, you're killing me over here, dude. Look, Ron, I've been disappointed in you many, <laughs> many times. You, you disappointed me on a regular basis, but I've never been more disappointed in you than I am right now. And you were giving me a hard time about contradicting myself with Dino Land versus Norway, and then you're going to drop this this atomic bomb. This is like the Nagasaki of 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 number one lists. Oh my gosh! Well, I wonder how many other folks me. out there feel the same way. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people see that and don't think necessarily that it's going to be something that they're going to enjoy. And to those I, folks, I, I do recommend, you know, go, go, go get yourself a, uh, something to drink at the Sunshine Terrace, maybe. And then uh, think of it as a refreshing break from everything in the park, from all the wildness in the park and get in line and just enjoy it and try to see it as this was what Walt was thinking about when he was putting together the park. And just as a quick side note, on that same birthday that I was there, I had taken a behind the scenes tour of Disneyland. And part of that tour was to see the behind the scenes of the of a couple of attractions the jungle cruise and the enchanted tiki room was one of them and it was fun to be in that room and to see them put this together so i i think uh, i think it's one of the important rides that you have to think about when it comes to the theme park ron if you do not go if, if you do not find yourself on the enchanted tiki room your next trip you and I are through. I, I'm ending this 20-year friendship. So re remember, this is just my least favorite. I'm not saying that the well, I'd say they really do need to move it or do something and just improve that area. No, not until you do it. When you oh, no, do I, it, I, then you come back I, and have an opinion. Okay. 
Do you want me to have a different number one? I've got no. another that is my number <laughs> oh, one. No, no, don't make me even more angry, Ron. I probably would because <laughs> it, it it definitely could be a one as well. So, hey, breaking news. This just in. The Walt Disney, the WDW Reflections podcast looking for new third <laughs> host. <laughs> Sorry to report, Ron will no longer be with us. <laughs> oh, just kidding, everybody, just kidding. All right, Tony, please make me feel better. Pull me out of this pit of sorrow that I'm currently residing in because of Ron's number one. Please bring back some sanity and logic to this podcast. I, I will try to. I, I'm actually going somewhat back to a ride that was on our list uh, or our TPM's list last week that we discussed. But if I were to think about rides that I don't think are very good, this is probably one of them. It was one that was refurbished and turned into something that wasn't very good, or at least not as good as the original. And that would be Journey into Imagination with Figment. Uh, I think the original version of that was a lot better. The song was a lot better. The animatronics were better. The new ride is, you know, an attack on the senses, but it's just lacking any of the quote unquote imagination of the original attraction. And that's I what I tried to stop myself from doing because my whole list literally would have been everything at Epcot mm. if I if I had had done that because it was better before because make no mistake about it holy smokes the original journey into imagination was everything that a attraction should be I mean it was beautiful I mean think about the murals that were in the queue of the original journey into imagination think about how amazing when you got off the ride you went into you know the rainbow tunnel and, and everything that was up in the uh, on the second floor of that i mean that place had everything and that's not even talking about the actual attraction the actual attraction to me it was almost like willy wonka like, yeah, you know that's it, a good like way it was it, things i don't even know how they came up with it i mean it the, the imagineers that came up with that really they they defined the word imagination because it was so good and things that i could never think of like i'm not that creative it was amazing so it, i was i was very careful not to not to put those kind of things on my list because i would it would have been journey to imagination would have been on the list because it was better before and the Nemo and Friends, the Seas with Nemo and Friends would have been on the list because it was better before. And, you know, it, it would have just been an all Epcot basically list because really what they've done over the last 20 or 25 years is just dismantled all the magic from Epcot and taken what was special and made it mediocre. Well, maybe we should do in the future one, a show about uh, the top five attractions that we miss absolutely oh, that'd be nice that is an absolute good topic because uh and and again i'll probably stay in epcot for the entire thing it's but one but one that i don't miss that was not not i wasn't able to add on this list but it would have been my number one choice had it still been running uh as an alternative to this would have obviously been stitches alien encounter 
Absolutely. If if it was still present, that I guarantee you it would have been on my list. It might have been number one. Yeah, no doubt me, about it. it. Number one, yeah. yeah, that was awful. So you're saying journey into imagination. And now is that journey. because is that because you don't like it now or just because it you know what it used to be? Kind of both. I mean, I, I don't see, I, I don't think if I went to Epcot that I'd necessarily go write it. Actually, after doing this podcast, I want to write everything, even these things that we don't, that I don't really like because it's been so long since I've been there. And I've heard some interesting tales on this show about the making of them and what they used to be like. I just want to go back on everything. But uh, if, if I'm cut for time and I don't really have time, I'd rather do other things at Epcot than sit through that again. Absolutely. I still ride it just because there's just enough nostalgia there. You know, the um, the song, the song is still there a little bit and you get to see Figment a couple of times. And I like Eric Idle. So it's yeah, Eric Idle's great, it, but it's 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 a mere shadow of it of itself. So. All right, Tony, that's uh, I, that's I don't know if uh, it certainly wouldn't be on my list, but it's better than an attraction that you've never been on. <laughs> So I guess uh, we'll allow that one, Tony. Thank you. All right. So for me, I still think that I have a good of my argument. You still think what? I have a I have a good stance of why my number one is my number one. Well, I'll uh, Ron. I'll tell you what I tell my students all the time. You can either agree with me or you can be wrong, and uh, they're like, uh, it takes them a minute to get it. So. But yeah, you can either agree with me or you can be wrong. Your choice. It's America. You're free to choose, right? All right. So my number one, uh, this time, remember, I told you I was trying to pick one from each park, which I have done. So for my number one, I'm going to go back into the Magic Kingdom. And for me, my number one, my least favorite attraction at Walt Disney World is Goofy's Barnstormer. That was on my list, but it didn't make it all the way to number one. That was on my list. Goofy's Barnstormer. Am I saying it's terrible? No. But look, it's just a figure eight, first of all. It's a, it's, this is realistically uh, one, like we say, we keep saying uh, a redressed carnival ride. This ride is at every single state fair in the country. It's it's just a figure eight roller coaster that goes I don't know probably like 13 not miles even per a, hour. not in, not even in a state fair probably a roadside thing yes absolutely it's it's there's nothing to it the theming is mediocre at best you know it's it's like there's a billboard that the plane flies through or something didn't that wasn't out of the box thinking it's and and they really what they did when they built Slinky Dog Dash. Mm-hmm. They made Goofy's Barnstormer yeah. obsolete because they what they did is they took a, a a roller coaster that someone of any age can go on, and 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 made it, it. wonderful. I yeah. mean, Slinky Dog Dash is a great attraction. Goofy's Barnstormer is a snooze fest. Yeah. But I, so, but here's my argument because we. My daughters and I, we went to the Princess and Pirates night. And night we went was not, I, I, Disney definitely lost money. I think we had 20 people in the park. That's an exaggeration. But I mean, there was no lines. 
we rode that thing. My daughter loved it. And we got to ride it literally 12 times in a row because nobody was there. And it's just a memory. So it probably would have made my list, but it does have, and I bet it has a lot of nostalgia for a lot of families. And, and so it didn't make my list because of that. I, I don't disagree that it's probably a, a ride that, that has been updated by with the, the slinky dog. Um, but it's not taking up, I don't, it's not taking up too much. I don't know. I would be fine if it stayed. Ron, how old were your daughters at the time? About six or seven? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Right I think that's a great age for for that, right? I, I remember taking my nieces on that when they were around that age, and they loved it. They wanted to go right back on it. So, yeah, I think for that, I age should have range, a picture of a, of it. And I, they then because the princess pirate night, they're in their princess dresses, and it just some fun nights, and it just has a unique memory. So it didn't make my list. I can I can see why I would make a list. To me, it's and, and remember, we're not calling the this is not attractions that are terrible and should be removed. It's That's just fair. our least favorite in the park. So I, I'm not I'm not telling Disney to, you know, tear it down. I'm just saying it's my least favorite in uh, all of Walt Disney World. So that's it's just and that's kind of like digging through everything because it, there was not much. It's number it's listed as number two on my list, actually, technically number one, because I had Alien Encounter up there first. And that's only because I'm trying to think of what what's out there that I did not really enjoy, mm -hmm. enjoy alike. So, and for me, that that's just something that I don't seek out. Like I haven't ridden it since my daughter was probably probably when she started riding Space Mountain at like seven or something, yeah, seven, yeah. seven or eight years old. You know, uh, we stopped doing Goofy's Barnstormer because it's a you know it's a kiddie ride. So that's we just don't seek it out anymore so that's why it's one of my least favorites so so all right that's it guys that is the end of our main topic for this week that was our top five each of us had our top five list of least favorite attractions in walt disney world so let's go ahead and switch gears and head to our next segment. This is a little something we like to call what's happening now in Walt Disney World. And this one's a big one. I'm sure you guys probably already took a peek at some of the news stories that came out. Uh, just They just released this yesterday as we're recording this this morning. So this week, the Walt Disney Company released further details about the upcoming release of the system that will replace the FastPass Plus. There are two specific categories for this system. They're calling it Genie Plus. And then the second part is the individual attraction selection. So just to remind the listeners, the Genie Plus is the system that will allow guests to select a return time to ride an attraction by using that ride's Lightning Lane. So the Lightning Lane, basically the same location that used to be the FastPass Plus, but they're just renamed it Lightning Lane. And you can make these selections one at a time for the Genie Plus. So the first thing we need to talk about is the date. They finally released a date that this will begin to uh, roll out. The Genie Plus system will officially begin on October 19th. So as we're recording this, this is October 9th. So just in 10 days, 10 days. As, uh, as we're recording this. 
So for the Genie Plus, let's talk about that part first. There are 46 attractions on the list. Obviously, I'm not just going to sit here and read a 46 item list to you guys, but I did just take a few of the highlights. Rides such as Haunted Mansion and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Magic Kingdom, Kilimanjaro Safaris and Dinosaur at Animal Kingdom, Test Track and Soarin' over at my mind just went blank there for a second sorry over at epcot center and millennium falcon smugglers run and tower of terror all over at disney's hollywood studios all of those are on that list of 46 attractions to utilize the genie plus service it's going to cost you 15 dollars per day per person so basically Either you're going to stand on the standby for everything you do, or you can pay $15 per person per day, and you can use the Genie Plus system to make reservations for you or for your party and go through the Lightning Lane. So you can make your first Lightning Lane reservation starting at 7 a.m. on the day of your park visit. So no more, you guys remember you could make fast pass reservations like months in advance that's gone no more of that you have to do it the same day you can only reserve one attraction at a time through genie plus unless this it's kind of a little, a little confusing unless your first attraction is at least two hours away so if you set up if you're really wanting to get on you know something and but their first reservation for it isn't until say 6 p.m that day then you can make a second one and maybe get on something sooner. You can book that reservation, you know, at that time, if the, your first one is more than two hours away. If you buy Genie Plus for your trip, or you can, you can do it individual days, you don't have to do it for the full length of stay. You can only do one at a time, like I said, you can begin that at 7 a.m., but you can only ride the attractions with the Genie Plus, meaning that if you want to go on a certain ride twice, then you have to ride or you have to stand in the standby lane. You can't use Genie Plus on the same attraction two times. So if say you, you get on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, you use Genie Plus for it, that one's grayed out. You can't use it for, you can't use another lightning lane for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. You only get to choose one attraction one time per day. So anything else, if you wanna ride Big Thunder Mountain Railroad again, go for it, but you're in the standby lane. You have to choose another attraction. So, so that's Genie Plus. You guys wanna discuss that for a second? What do you guys think about? First of all, that's, that's a lot of words that I just said. That's a, it's almost like the rules that I implied to myself for that, for our lists. There's a lot of rules that you got to follow to use this Genie Plus thing. I, well, I, I guess my big beef with it is they want you to pay an extra $15 and you're not even guaranteed, but two rides, I, I didn't, I thought it was one ride because you have to but if you schedule, you can schedule one out two hours and then schedule another. So you're guaranteed to get on two rides quickly. And then if, but then if you go to schedule, they, for anything after that, there's a large, in a, in a crowded day, 
I would assume there's going to be a large possibility that you're not going to get any more schedules out there. Well, you know, you remember kind of like the old system, once you, the old system, you, know, you can make three. And then once you were, had used the fast pass for your third one, then you could book another one. Kind of the same no, thing no, here. I get that, but, but on a crowded day, don't think those are going to fill up prior to you being able, I guess everybody's on the same system though. So I guess they won't fill up because you can't, I don't know. It just, it still doesn't feel good to me. I'll put it that way. Well, it doesn't feel good to me either, just because it's so expensive. I mean, right. that's, that's, if you're talking about a, a five day trip or whatever, and say a family of four, which I have, I'll just use my family as an example. That's $60 per day. And if I'm going to do that for five days, that's more math than I'm capable of. But that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, also a lot for the average consumer to take in uh, all of not only all these rules, but they're just not going to be able to take in all of this, uh, all of this that, that has to be accounted for in order to even ride something. Uh, I, I remember seeing somebody once who had never been to Disneyland, Disney World before and was complaining because she wasn't able to get anything, get on anything as it was. Now imagine this system where you have to be on your phone in order to be able to book this information, book this stuff, be able to get on a ride, be able to get the time you want, be able to get the ride that you want. I, I also have been thinking about something when we discussed G Genie Plus, I should have brought this up then. Last year when I went to Galaxy's Edge where they had the advanced reservation system for rise of the resistance the nightmare that that was you know you had to wake up at seven or early you know you had to be ready at seven to log into the system to be able to do this and we were lucky enough we got it we 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 had three of us trying at the same time and and one of us was actually able to get through and do it thankfully because it would have been a disaster otherwise but something that I haven't seen anybody mention really on, on blogs or anything or, or in videos, but I experienced this when I was there. The lines at the complaint desks were enormous. I mean, they're, the, these at the uh, customer service lines were wrapped all around uh, pretty much the park at different spots because these were people really? who had gotten there early, tried to get on the ride and weren't able to. So they were trying to either get a pass to return or a pass to to make up for it because you know the ride was still new then when i when i had gone and so that that's the only thing i can imagine those folks were online for because the lines were just i'd never seen disney customer service lines extend that far out and no one's even talked about it or said anything now just imagine every single ride is now tied into a system that's reliant on your phone and uh you went in, in your, with the idea that you i don't know do about your ride. guys's phone but but when i do that stuff my phone inevitably freezes the battery up. Or, or even something. it'll freeze it's, up or the battery or, and now they sell, they have these stations in throughout the park that you can buy these little cells that are rechargeable that you put in your battery. But yeah. my wife and my nephew had, were using it during that trip and it wound down so quickly that they had to keep going back to the station to get a refurbished one. So I don't know. I think this is too much reliance on the technology in this particular sense. I don't know if it's going to work and I think it's going to create kind of a, a public relations nightmare because there are going to be a lot of people who expect to go if you're paying all this extra money you're expecting to get on these rides and there's a possibility that you won't the possibility that you won't be able to get anywhere near as many 
rides as you could have in the past with either fast pass or just standing there. Great. Look, I'm I'm going to get on my my soapbox here for a second. You know, as as a society, we're already on our devices too much the way it is already. Uh, as a high school teacher, I'm telling you, it is a daily battle to get kids off of their phones. Like in my classroom, I literally have to, I have a sign up in the front of the room and it's, it's, I call it a red zone or a green zone. If the sign is red, I better not see your phone. And if I do, it's an automatic office referral. I, there's no questions asked. I'm, if I see your phone in your hand, I just point at you and say, office referral, put it away. And that's it. You, I mean, it is, it's a battle. So I am kind of with you, Tony, we're already on our phones too much. And now we're going to rely almost on an hourly basis, at least having to use our phones to just go make a new, new reservation. Every time we want to do another one for this genie plus add to that, like what you're saying about the batteries, which I don't know, do you think it's a coincidence that Disney knows that using this system is going to drain your battery? and they know they have these kiosks where you can pay for battery chargers. Gee, I don't know. You think that's connected? And, and then let's talk about their Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many people trying to get on the Wi-Fi oh, at the same goodness, time. Yeah. It's not always reliable. Uh, this is a, a old guy, me complaining about everything changing, but it, it's got it's it's got a lot to do to prove to me that it's not going to be a complete nightmare. It just sounds like it's got a lot of hiccups. You're not, you're not really you're not really complaining in the old guy sense because we've got real world experience. I mean, what happened last year with with uh, trying to get onto that ride was really scary. I mean, we really didn't know. We all woke up extremely early. I think with six o'clock to try to get to the park as early as possible to try to get through the gates in order to be able to be there the moment that that you were allowed to to sign in to do that. I know they changed the system after that, but that was really harrowing. I mean, we we had a little boy with us, and you know, we wanted to make sure that he got to get on this ride, and that was the whole purpose for us going to the strip it was a once in a lifetime thing for all the four of us to get there and just to be able to to think about um am i going to be able to get through was the scariest thing i mean i thought i was getting through and my my phone was swirling my nephew was trying to get through he didn't even know what to do my my <laughs> wife thankfully was able to somehow she was like i got it and you know that that and then you you look around and you see all the disappointed people who weren't able to do it i and just imagine with this system it's just going to create that kind of a nightmare. It's, it's taking away from the joy of, of being there. And, you know, I mean, Disney has done away with the, uh, what do they call that? The, I haven't been on it. I haven't had to go through that ordeal yet. So with the, it wasn't a reservation. Oh, boarding groups, boarding groups. Boarding group, yeah. They've done away with the boarding group, at least for that ride. Now mm -hmm. they're actually using that on Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. They're doing boarding groups over there, but Rise of the Resistance doesn't have that anymore. They've gone to the standby line and they're going, it's going to be in one of the selections that we're going to talk about in the yeah. next part, the individual attraction selection. But yes, man, it's, it, it just seems like, and we've been saying this for years, but vacation is meant to get away from the, the daily 
you know, the, the stress of daily life, you're supposed to go to relax. You don't relax on a Disney trip. You, you know, you just don't, you're spending too much money to relax. Yeah. This is just adding to that. So do you think this know. is a, more of a relief from pre planning your rides? Like for instance, that was another thing we had a, before going on this trip, even though it was only for two days in the parks, we had to literally figure out, okay, we're going to go on this one at this hour. And we're going to go on this one at that hour. We had to have that, all that planned out so that you can figure out when you're going to have a meal, when you're going to have this. So now you've got this system where you have to kind of rely on everybody else all doing that at the same time on the same day at the same minute. I don't know. It just sounds like it's going to create a nightmare. And just think about this. You, know, you, you can't make your Genie Plus reservations until the day of but you can make dining reservations, mm -hmm. you know, months in advance. So you might make a reservation for, or priority seating, I think it's what Disney calls it. You might make a priority seating for a, a restaurant. I don't just throw something out there, something, say the Coral Reef or whatever at Epcot. You might make a priority seating for that, but you might be, you're going to be freaking out if you're in a standby line for an attraction or, and you're going to miss that. Or if you, your Genie Plus reservation is at the same window as your priority seating. You know, if, when you could at least do them together six months in advance, you knew you were going to be eating at, you know, 1130, then don't make a fast pass for 1130. But now you make a priority seating and you don't know what time you're going to have available for your, for your Genie Plus attractions until at least 7 a.m. on the day of. That to me, that just adds a little bit more stress than it necessary. It does add stress. It actually kind of happened to us. Uh, the first time that we went on Rise of the Resistance, the ride kind of broke down in the pre area before we got into the into the ride vehicle. So they escorted us off and gave us um, uh, return tickets. Thankfully, right. So when our when we went back and returned, as soon as we were able to return, it happened to coincide with a reservation we had for Oga's Cantina. And there was nothing you can do because you're in the middle of this ride. We're not going to get off. We came there specifically for that. So we had, we went through that and we were about 20 minutes late for our reservation for Oga's. And thankfully she understood the, the, the woman there understood and, and let us still go through it, but they weren't that thrilled about the fact they said, well, you weren't here at such and such a time. And we were like, yeah, well, we were, the ride broke down. So we had to wait. So see, that's crazy. That just popped into my head literally right now as we were discussing it. That just popped in my head as something that could possibly happen. And you already have an example of when that did happen already. I guarantee you this is going to happen every single day, many, many times. To me, it just looks like chaos. And it, it, it unfortunately, it to me, it is just another example of the the focus that Disney is putting not on guest experiences, not on improving attractions or upkeep with and maintenance. It's the, their focus is purely on the almighty dollar. And uh, to me, that's indicative of the policies by Bob Chapek. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I mispronounced his last name. I've been saying it wrong the whole time. I've been saying Chapek. It's actually paycheck, Bob paycheck. <laughs> Uh, so uh, excuse me for mispronouncing your name, Bob Paycheck, for that's his focus. It's all about money. And I get it. It's a business and you got to be making money. But uh, they make like a billion dollars on every Marvel movie. I don't think they're hurting for cash. OK, 
They lost a lot last year, though, in in somewhat fairness. Okay, fine. So they made less than they anticipated, but I didn't see any, you know, anything going out of business. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not hurting like the American, the typical American hurt. It's it's they're they're making plenty of money just off Disney Plus alone. They're making bukus of money and merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. Yeah. (laughs) So. Bob Paycheck needs to get his head screwed on straight and, and start making some better decisions because uh, it's it, it's unfortunate. So, and that's just the Genie Plus part. So we haven't uh-oh. even got into part two. Yeah, uh-oh is right. Now for the lightning lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the second part is what they're calling the individual attraction selection. Because that's the greatest name ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's super interesting. Uh, they should call it, you know, the many adventures of money running out of my pocket. Because what, uh, just out of curiosity, what makes these individual attractions any different from the other individual attractions that we just picked on Genie Plus? These are realistically the biggest ones from each park, yeah. the hardest to get on at yep. each park. These are the ones that they're going to bankroll their next project on. Uh, more specifically, bankroll Bob Paycheck's 2022 bonus for the year. So individual attraction selection, that is, uh, I guess you could call it the pay-per-view or pay-per-ride feature that we've all been dreading. Here it is, it's coming. We'll grant you access to the certain high demand rides in the parks. The prices for each ride will change based on the time of year and the demand of that attraction. Consider it kind of the same way hotel prices can fluctuate Uh, depending on the season, depending on park capacity and things like that. You know, I know that here locally, and I live in in Delaware, and hotel rooms are, you know, 100 bucks a night, except for when NASCAR comes into town. When NASCAR comes into town, hotel rooms are $300 a night. Uh, That, to me, that's price gouging. It's wrong. But Disney is taking price gouging uh, and, and making it a part of their ride reservation system so you may only do this for two attractions per day. So you can't just ride Rise of the Resistance five times. You know, oh, with, with the same this. with the same one time price, or is it a price per each? It's no price per ride. So you you can only do it two times a day. So you can't do everything on the list. You're only allowed to do it two times a day. You cannot get a refund. You cannot make a change to the ride or the time once it's been selected. So kind of like what we were talking about a minute ago, Tony, if say you want to, you pay extra for Rise of the Resistance, but then you somehow magically pops up on your My Disney Experience app of reservation for Olga's and you want to go there. You cannot change the time of your previously selected individual attraction selection Wild. you cannot make a change you can't change the time you can't change the attraction nothing once it's all sales are final basically and if you miss it you miss it you miss it you miss it you have a one hour window. The, um customer service lines you've been talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they were long they were I'm, I'm not kidding i should have taken a photo of it you do have a I one think- hour window to get to the attraction of the time that you select. 
So prices have been revealed for some of the paper ride selections. And there's obviously price range and it depends on the ride. It depends on the time of year. It depends on the demand basically. So just to give you an example, uh, for the day that this begins, Seven Dwarves Mine Train will cost you between $10 and $12 per ride per person. Depends <laughs> on the time a, of year. Let's check out Ron's face there. Yeah, I know. Ron is uh, Ron is having an aneurysm over there. So if I want Genie Plus and I want two rides, we're looking at a minimum of $27 per person. Per person, per attraction. The Genie Plus is separate, $15 per person per day for that list of 46 attractions. The ones that I'm about to list right now are not on Genie Plus. You cannot get, you cannot use Genie Plus for these attractions. Oh my gosh, it just keeps getting worse. These attractions <laughs> are only individual attraction selection or standby line. That's it. So Seven Doors Mine Train, $10 to $12 per person, per ride, per day. Or you stand in the standby line. Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, $9 to $11. Expedition Everest, $7. There was not a range there, so I don't know if it's always seven or what. Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, get ready for this. Ron, pull out your wallet, open it up, get your credit card ready. $15 per ride, per person, if you wish to ride it in a manner other than the standby lane. Yes, $15. And here's the kicker. If you buy this and say you pay $15 for Rise of the Resistance, you don't get early access. You don't get anything special. You don't get like front of the line. You get to go into the lightning lane. Like it's, it's exactly the same access as what you get with Genie Plus. Or like, fast, just, it's like the fast pass lane. It's the, basically like. the fast pass lane. They just changed it to lightning lane. But the only way you access the lightning lane for these high demand attractions is individual attraction selection. And you will pay big time buco dollars to have that opportunity and you likely but must I'm have sure, all members of your I'm party sure with the you daily ticket price has come down uh no ha, ha, ha. Uh, that's that's funny that's a good one the that is the prices of a ticket has never calmed down ever actually so nice try ron but no and they're also you know making you pay to park at the hotels and all that stuff now too so even if you're staying there yeah you know what's unfair sounding about what you're saying already is um I think it, we may have been able to accept it had it been just a couple of dollars extra a ride. And if, the, if it was just a standard that every extra ride that you want to do is maybe let's say $5. Okay. $5. That's probably more acceptable, but it depends on the one that you want. It's going to be somewhere between nine. You said nine and 15. The cheapest is $7 for exhibition X exhibition no expedition <laughs> everest that's a new new yeti that exposes <laughs> things there <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is a family show let's not talk about that expedition everest seven dollars that's the cheapest one all the way up to fifteen dollars for star wars rise of the resistance and, and rise is the most expensive that we know of as of now and those are the only ones that they have listed right now 
Those are the only ones so far. I'm look. My guess is uh, early next year, Tron and Guardians of the Galaxy will be added to this list. That's just me making an uh, educated guess. But right now, these are the only ones that are on this list as we record this on the October the 9th. Uh, I, for some reason, I just keep envisioning Debbie Allen from Fame walking in front of every line going, you want space? Well, space costs. And right here is where you start paying in sweat. Honestly, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Disney is becoming out of reach for the middle class family. Uh, they are... Uh, it's almost like, you know, only the rich right now can fly themselves into space like Richard Branson or whatever. Disney World is approaching uh, the, the same cost as riding a rocket into space. It's, uh, it's, it's getting close to being out of reach to the middle class family. It's, it's crazy. Well, they're, and, they're, and sadly, their way of thinking is, yeah, well, they'll still be able to get on if they wait online. Absolutely. Yeah. They... They, they and look if they're in line then you know they're in line for something then they're not backing up a line in something else you know uh, my guess it's is they're hoping just enough people pay for this to to keep the standby lines from getting out of control the but thing is we're, we're going to have to pay for this uh, there, there are going to be instances where you really have no choice especially as i said if you travel for the for, for a once in a lifetime trip you're not going to want to miss those experiences it's just so unfortunate that you have to shell out so much more just to do this and to only be able to do it once i mean i understand the logistics as to why you can't but if you can only ride this ride once for for that amount of, of it just sounds crazy and you can only do it twice in a day so twice in a day yeah. you're if you have the park hopper which right now you have to you know, you can't park hop until after, I think it's, it's either 1 or 2 p.m. You you can pay for another attraction at another park. So wow. you could always do, you know, Rise of the Resistance in the morning and then park hop to the studios, or I'm sorry, or park hop to Epcot Center and do Remy or something. You can pay for that one also, but then you're done. You can only do two per day. That's a shame. But, uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's just, it just... Uh, Disney is already an expensive trip and, yeah. and, you know, for me, I, I, I don't see myself using, I, I don't know. We'll see. I'll tell you, you know, I follow a lot of Disney centered accounts on like an, on Instagram and stuff like that. And I'll tell you that of course, October 1st, the actual day of the anniversary, the 50th anniversary the parks were out of control. They were busy, packed, crowded, you know, people fighting over Starbucks tumblers and all that stuff. But since the first, so we're talking, you know, the last few days, the second through the ninth, the parks have not been that crowded. And I don't know if that's indicative of, you know, still a hangover from the pandemic or I don't know what it is, but I saw someone, and I wish I could give them credit. I don't remember who it was. It was someone I follow on Instagram. They actually took screenshots of the wait times in some of the parks. And the wait times for even for like Seven Doors Mine Train was, was 40 minutes or so, some of the big attractions. And their comment was, Genie Plus, with wait times like this, who needs it? And I mean, that's, 
you know, that's kind of the kind of a good point to make. Right now, the crowds aren't coming back yet. I, I don't know if that's because of the pandemic. I don't know if it's, you know, we know the economy took a hit during the pandemic. Maybe, maybe people haven't recovered financially enough to afford these trips. Or maybe, maybe some people are just kind of tired of being price gouged. I don't know. I don't know why. But right now, what should be and what was expected to be a crowded season because of the 50th anniversary, the Disney World parks are not reaching capacity, even at a at a lowered capacity because of pandemic restrictions. It's not happening. So I don't hey, know. Jerry, I just did some fast math. So if you have a family of four and you want to use Genie Plus and the selected attraction, whatever it's called, you are looking at between $800 and $1,000 for a five-day trip to Disney World. So sure. And that's so just, just for the, that's just for the park entrance for being in the park. Yeah, not even staying at a hotel or anything. No, yeah. that's just $800 for fast entrances. So just tack on an extra 1000 bucks to your your already probably four to six thousand dollar trip just tack on an extra thousand just so you can use what used to be free with fast pass so i don't know guys uh you know we've said it before i say it all the time i absolutely love disney i love the disney parks i love disney plus i love the movies but holy smokes they're they're not making it easy right now they're not making it easy to to love the the walt disney company bob paycheck well, i'll say we we took a trip this past march and it was in the middle of the pandemic and i don't know guys the the customer service that you used to experience versus what we experienced and 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 i'm i'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that it was because the world was turned upside down and nothing was normal that that's why we experienced some of the non-magical moments that we did. Um, I'm really hoping the next time I go, I get to see the Disney magic, magic that I've come to love and adore. I'm gonna just use my personal experiences just to give you an example. Uh, I don't blame the cast members at all. I think that they are in a tough position. It, it's hard to, and, and I'll, like I said, I'll tell you my example of how I can compare. It's hard to distribute magic to people like cast members normally do when they, I'm sure they be, are being berated for asking people to put their masks on and you know to maintain social distancing and everything that has been the rules for the last year. I can tell you, for me, on a daily basis right now where I live in Delaware, as a high school teacher, it's still mandated to wear a mask in the building. And as a teacher, we are required to remind students to keep their nose and their mouth covered at all times. If you're indoors, you're wearing a mask. Listen, man, if, if I say, please cover your mask, your mouth with your mask or pick your nose or cover your nose or pick your mask up or whatever, I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. I say it probably 200 times a day and it's it's extremely frustrating for me because look I'm taking time away from teaching or whatever else I'm supposed to be doing 
and and look we're we're high school students these are people that have worn masks for a year over a year now it's not new i i should not be having to take time out of my day to say cover your nose we already know that's the rule i i, I guarantee you cast members are going through the same thing at disney Absolutely. i'm sure they are sick and tired of asking people to comply with the rules and as as a human being as a teacher i'm telling you by the time i get to the end of the day i'm frustrated and i'm over it i'm tired of telling people that day in day out i you know it's hard for these cast members i know it's hard for them to make magic when they just told the 73,000th person to cover their mask cover their face with their mask you know and that's just one example you know no, it's you know i i I commend the cast members because uh, I know how hard it is to to get people to comply with the rules. And, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's the world we live in. People nowadays think that their individual liberties are more important than following the rules. And, right. you know, so my I'm, I have a lot of sympathy and a lot of respect for cast members because they're they're dealing with difficult situations right now. No, absolutely. I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying that that the my hope is that we will return to normal soon someday hopefully so hopefully we we get out of this pandemic and reach uh i guess the next stage is endemic when we reach the end of the pandemic hopefully that's soon and you know i think that will help return some of the magic to right. the cast members into the park so let's just hope that happens soon so any last thoughts, any last comments on Genie Plus or on the individual attraction selection, guys? I think we I think we summed it up pretty good. Any last thoughts? I think like you said before, if it were if it winds up being something that works, then great. But it's not something that any of us really are looking forward to or want to happen. No, this is not something I'm just like, all right, I can't wait for this. You know, this is definitely not in that category. All right, so that's, wow, that was a lot. That takes care of this week's What's Happening Now in Walt Disney World. The, uh, the next up is a little thing we like to call What's Your Favorite? Each week, one of our hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys. Those two hosts don't know the questions ahead of time and must answer the question right there on the spot. This week, Tony takes the wheel. He is in control of what's your favorite this week. So, so Tony, what you got for us for this week on what's your favorite? Well, this week's what's your favorite uh, stems from something that used to often happen in the theme parks. I'm not so sure if it's something that they're going to continue with, especially with the new uh, way things are going. But um, this is something I used to really enjoy a lot in the, in the old days. So I'd like to know which one of these you guys preferred. And if they do continue with this, which way would you prefer it to go? And that would be, would you prefer that Disney adds extra magic morning hours or extra magic evening hours? Do you, in other words, do you want extra time to play around in the parks? If you have never taken advantage of that because you haven't stayed at a hotel, uh, would you prefer that Disney opens up earlier or would you prefer it to stay open a little bit later so that you can get either one of those two things done? 
so uh, which one of you wants to go first either? How about you go, you go first, Ron. I've talked a whole bunch today. Sure, I don't mind. Um, I like both options, but if I have to choose, I'm gonna choose the later. Um, I, we like staying. I think the parks are beautiful at night. Um, you get to experience some uh, sites that aren't aren't there as long as other times. Um, and we just enjoy the nightlife. So we would do, we would definitely choose later at night. So as Ron said that, I, I, in my mind, the song. I love the nightlife. I love the boogie. <laughs> that song came into my head because Ron loves the nightlife. So Ron, I could see Ron loving to boogie there at uh, Magic Kingdom there on Main Street where the lights are all out. With Mickey. Yeah, and boogieing with Mickey. So, hey, this is going to be one of those super rare occasions where Ron and I agree, but I also enjoy the... <laughs> the nightlife uh, <laughs> uh listen my absolute favorite thing to do in all of walt disney world it's not an attraction it's not a show it's not a parade it's to walk around the world showcase at night yeah the yeah. especially since they when they added those towers with the the fire for reflections of earth way back when and in, in you know 1999 for the millennium celebration that is my favorite place in all of Walt Disney World. Just walking around World Showcase, the fires are going on those towers and the music is playing. I don't know what music they play now because you know Reflections of Earth is gone, but they used to have all of those, those wind instruments like the flutes and stuff that played uh, we, you know, a lot, a lot during that time when it got dark. And I love, love Disney World at night. It's uh, you know, the, it cools down a little bit. It's not as hot as it was earlier in the day. And, you know, and, and then that goes for all the parks. I like all the parks uh, lit up at night. It is fun. Uh, you know, you got the neon over in Tomorrowland. You've got the, the, the lights on the castle. You've got the lights on Main Street there at Magic Kingdom. The uh, Tree of Life is beautiful at nighttime. And, and holy smokes, now with the new stuff this year for the 50th celebration, the making the icons, the beacons of light those things are amazing holy smokes uh, so i love what they're doing with those beacons of light the 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 new lights on spaceship earth at epcot center yeah. though no that's amazing uh have you guys oh my gosh have you guys seen what they're doing with tower of terror with those beacons of light i saw a photo of it yeah so it's you know they're doing the projections on on like the castle and and tower of terror but what's super cool is obviously, you know, Tower of Terror looks like, you know, 1939, you know, was, uh, you know, 80 years ago or whatever. So the, the building looks dilapidated and everything. Well, with those projections, they make the Hollywood Tower Hotel look pristine again. Oh. And you even see in the details up at the very top in the tip top club, where, which is the, the bar, I guess, at the Hollywood Tower Hotel. You can see people dancing and shadows of people walking around and stuff. And, and holy smokes, it's super cool. If you haven't seen that, you need to go check that out. Really, really cool what they're doing with those beacons of light. And that probably just adds to the reasons why I like nighttime better. It's, it's 
so cool just to walk around at nighttime in Walt Disney World. So Tony, my answer to your question for this week's what's your favorite is I enjoy the nighttime better. I would take nighttime extra magic hours over morning extra magic hours. Yeah, I think we all like the nightlife and like to boogie. I, I think the, <laughs> the nighttime uh, is really better. It's, it's less crowded, less hot, less, and, and, and everything gives, gives everything a certain different look, especially at parks like Epcot and Magic Kingdom. And I've never been to the Animal Kingdom at, at night. I don't think it was open past four o'clock the last time that I was there. So uh, that would be an interesting one to experience. It is. They do a, a, a projection show on the the tree of life and it's it's really neat too I, i'm telling you i don't the way that they light stuff up with those projections it's 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 nothing short of spectacular uh, but know, i, I, I do really do hope it. that they that they they're, they're not going to obviously based on what's happening with genie plus but I, I do hope they reinstate this um that benefit that you used to have if you stayed at the at the resort and you got a couple of extra hours in the morning or a couple of extra hours at night we once did the overnight one which i think the park was open till about two or three in the morning and that was great because we spent the day in the parks and then went back to the hotel rested for a few hours and went back out at about 10 o'clock at night i think it was and stayed until about two that was that was a lot of fun so i hope they reinstate that and that it doesn't cost a fought, cost a fortune to go back in there well if i'm not mistaken i think that it is already back i think they've resumed one hour early in the morning but get this you're going to love this guys it's only for the most expensive deluxe. level you have to be staying at a deluxe resort come on yeah i know i saw that it's you get an extra hour but you have to be i think staying at i think if you're resort. staying somewhere else you get an extra half hour but if you're staying at a deluxe resort you get an hour so again they're just bankroll bankroll line those pockets bob paycheck and besides so, i mean what's i mean an, an hour in the morning what does that do get you there sooner yeah, you're not gonna be know. able to do anything so so that's it for this week's what's your favorite good question tony and that just about does it for this episode of the wdw reflections podcast please go and follow us on all our social media we can be found on facebook instagram and at YouTube on at WDW Reflections Podcast and on Twitter at WDW Reflections. Our podcast can currently be found and played on the following podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and Overcast. And as we grow, we'll let you know where else we can be found. If you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience and helps us grow. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of those social media accounts, or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. Please send us questions, comments, tips for navigating the theme parks, ideas for future podcast topics, or anything else you can think of. We'd love to hear from you. Please keep coming back and thanks for listening to the WDW Reflections podcast. See you real soon.